Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The Old Testament reading for Quinquagesima is from Isaiah chapter 35. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Taking the twelve, Jesus said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting on, by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. 
And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What was the most surprising thing you ever learned about Jesus? That might actually be a little bit of a hard question for us because most of us have lived in the church our whole lives. Most of us really aren't all that surprised about Jesus anymore simply because we've heard about him for our entire lives. So maybe a slightly different question then. What do you think the world finds most surprising? On one side, you have people who think that Jesus is just this this almost feminine man who is just all about love and kindness and gentleness. And so maybe they get surprised when they hear about Jesus flipping tables in the temple and bringing out a bullwhip to drive the merchants out. Or maybe on the other hand, the world thinks of Jesus as being just this angry, wrathful person who just is out to try and judge everyone, to try and point out the sins of everyone in the entire world. And maybe they would be surprised when they hear the story about the woman caught in adultery, who Jesus does not condemn, but instead forgives and sins on her way. But Perhaps for me, the thing that I find most surprising about Jesus is what we've been talking about for the last three months or so. The fact that our Lord was truly human. The truth that our God chose to contain himself in flesh, to not just pretend to be a human, but to actually be one of us. And we see that so clearly in our introit for today, but also in when Jesus quotes this psalm. When he's hanging on the cross and he says, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. Because you see, this introit is all about comfort to the distressed. One of the amazing things about our Lord is that he was distressed because he was human and because he cared for us. Listen one more time, therefore, to our intro for today and hear about how our Lord deals with those who are in distress. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. Make your face shine on your servant. 
save me in your steadfast love. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. There is much distress in this world. Much distress even in us. And perhaps one of the most common reasons for that distress is the one that's actually mentioned in our psalm, in our intro it. The distress of grief. The distress of losing someone who you cared about. Knowing that you're never going to see them again, this side of heaven. But we also recognize that there's more than one way to lose someone. There's more than one way to grieve someone. Maybe you've lost them because you had an argument and you haven't talked to them since then. Maybe you've lost them because they've moved away and all of a sudden a year went by and you realize that you haven't talked to them since then. Maybe you've lost them to addiction or Alzheimer's or any other many numerous things that can cause us to lose the people that we care about. All these things that cause us to be in distress, to grieve. But that's not the only thing that can cause us distress, of course. We also get distressed by anger. Oftentimes it's the anger of those around us that is directed towards us that can cause us distress. Whether it's misplaced anger that we don't deserve or it's anger that might be justified because we committed a sin against that person. Or maybe it's the anger that's inside of you, that anger that can just bubble up and boil over and you sit back a minute later and you just wonder, why in the world did I do that? Why in the world did I say that? I don't actually care about this little thing all that much. Why did I let my anger take over? This can cause us to be distressed. Or maybe it's guilt that distresses you more. Maybe it's even deserved guilt, the guilt of knowing that we, in fact, are sinners, the guilt of knowing that you have sinned against the God who died on the cross for you. Or maybe it's not true guilt. Maybe it's someone trying to make you feel guilty for something that you ought not be guilty for. Or maybe something that you're trying to make yourself feel guilty for that you really shouldn't. Both of these can cause us distress. And then, of course, there's things like pride and greed, that, that pride that causes us to do things in order to try and make people like us better, to do things in order to try and look better in the eyes of those around us, things that we start stressing over and worrying about that we have no need to. Maybe it's that greed, that desire for the things that you don't have, Wanting more than what God has given you. And you worry and you stress and you strive to get that so much so that it's causing you distress. It's causing you turmoil inside. But of course, ultimately we know that all of this comes from sin. All of this comes from that sinful nature that is inside of us all. And 
ultimately the thing that distresses us is either our own sin or the sin of those around us. And perhaps we shouldn't be all that surprised that since our Lord was in fact human, that it was the sin of the world that also caused his distress. We can see this distress so clearly in the Garden of Gethsemane. This stress, this prayer that he gives, actually asking God to let this cup be taken away for him, that if there's any other way for the world to be saved, let's do it that way instead. He worries about this so much, he stresses about this so much that he even starts sweating blood. Stressing because he knows the suffering that he is going to have to suffer in order to pay for that sin. He knows the pain and the distress that he's going to go through in order to deal with the problem. But even in the midst of that, even when we see Jesus at his most distressed, at his lowest point, he still says, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. And he goes through the suffering on the cross. And as he does that, he quotes this psalm. He says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, because he trusts the Father. He trusts the Father to follow through on their plan that they came up with, just as he followed through on his plan. And his Father did not betray him. His Father did not leave him in the death of sin. But instead, our Lord rose from the dead. And because he did that, we now know that we too will rise from the dead. He is truly our deliverer. He is the one in whom we can take refuge, the one in whom we can hide, the one in whom we can commit our spirit because he truly has redeemed us. We can hide ourselves in him trusting that he has already been raised, that he's already paid for the sin that is still causing us distress and the sin that is causing all of the darkness and death in this world. Because he has saved us. Because he has saved the world. Our Lord, our Lord who was a man and who was also God, in his distress, in his lowest moment, threw himself upon the mercy of the Father threw himself to the Father as payment for our sin. And by doing so, he won our deliverance. And he won even his own resurrection. Which means that now, as we live in this world, as we are distressed, we can come to him for comfort. We no longer need to be distressed. We still will be because of the sin that is inside us and because of the sin that is in the world around us. But we now have a place, a person, a fortress that we can come to where we can find peace and hope and love and where we can find a Lord who loves us so steadfastly, so loyally that he will never give up on us. No matter how distressed we are, no matter how worried we are, no matter what's causing that, 
whether it's grief or anger or guilt or pride or greed or even just sin itself, we have a refuge. We have a person that we can come to who we can rest in, who we can trust in. A person who will hide us in himself even until the day that he comes back, the day that he returns when he brings us to be with him fully and completely and when we will one day live with him forever in the new creation which will have no distress, no worries, no sin. This is the day that we hope for. This is the day that we trust in that will come. And this is why we trust in the Lord who died on the cross for us. Because he is even now our refuge and our fortress, who we can trust in. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.